Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. Today we're here again with me, Bob Chang. And Nick Davis. And we have another fun, fun episode. Um, yeah, so what are we going to talk about today, Nick? Fantastic question, Bob. Um, so part of it is we did talk about, um, we made some progress on the book chapters for the outline for that, that we brought up. Yes. Um, yes. So for last last week, we talked about how we were going to meet offline once. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what's going on, me and Nick are planning to write a book in like two years. Um, but we're just in the thinking phase. Yes. Yeah, start, start the process now in, in hopes to have it um, near completion in two years. Yeah. And I think it's a fun, exciting project. Um, I'm, I'm pumped for it. So last week we talked about just meeting offline, having the chapters outlined out. And that's pretty much what happened. We met up uh, two days ago, yeah. either two days ago or yesterday, and then we talked for 20 minutes and banged it out. And it was the most productive 20 minutes I ever had uh, on a project. So it was great because I think because we were both passionate about it and we were both super motivated to get it done and just have something um, a value for both, exactly. for, for, for both of us. And what I appreciate a lot, Bob, from last episode with you when we kind of did that online, we weren't physically together, is we each came up with our list and we, did, we had that brainstorm totally separate of each other. And I think that that was such a great thing to do because it allowed us to not have biases come in our mind about what or what not we might think the other person would appreciate or not. It was just let's get our list, let's see what happens. And it turns out that there was a lot of great overlap between us, but it also turns out that there were things that um, were totally different. There were some things that I thought more about a progression of a way of thinking, and you thought more about the actual true content of it itself. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like having a puzzle, and then you bringing half the pieces, and then me bringing half the pieces, and then they all fit. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, <laughs> for, from what we talked about two days ago, it seemed to me like they all fit. I agree. Um, but that's in the works now. I'm probably at the end of this episode, we'll talk about another, I guess, quick check-in for us for the book. Uh, and then next week, we'll, we'll check in with that. Exactly. Um, and actually, I want to talk about the book for yeah, a minute. Is, um, so I was thinking a few episodes, um, probably about five, seven episodes ago, I mentioned how I wanted to write my own book. I think that was like episode two. Episode two. Yes. I'm really bad at counting. I actually, so I'm a personal trainer too, guys, and... One of my clients, um, he's an incredibly talented musician, a pianist. So his counting, he has to be on rhythm all the time, ready to go, just in the back of his head. And he told me today that, and again, this is a sign of like, please give people second chances because they will rise to the occasion. But there were two things, the first two things he learned about me. Number one was that I, I'm very bad at counting. Number two is that in the water, I sink like a stone. Oh, okay. He was actually a former patient of mine that, um, through aquatic therapy, he rehired me as a personal trainer because he enjoyed working with me. But that was the first impression. I can't count. I lose track of counting. Yeah. And I sink like a stone. So if I can redeem myself, anybody can. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm on the same boat. Like, I'm also a personal trainer, too, and I count my reps for uh, my clients. And they're like on. Oh, no, I don't. I don't do that anymore. I just oh. I tell them, you know, you're going in here. You're hitting twelve. We're going in here. You're hitting five of this. They count as good. I worry about the form and everything else. <laughs> they got the numbers. Yeah. No. Well, like for me, like they're on rep eight, and like I'm like, yeah, that's five, six, <laughs> seven, and like 
They're like, Bob, I'm on like 10. Where are you counting? How are you counting? But uh, the sessions go well, so it's, it's just the counting that I need to work on, for, I guess, for both of us. Fantastic. But if, if you're working on just form and forget about the counting, I think that's the better strategy to do. There we um, go. Um, so I completely forgot how we got in that side tangent. Um, but I was going to talk about the book. And yes. how, oh yeah, because the side tangent was I couldn't count how many episodes back that was. So I, I talked about it. It was a lot of episodes a back. A lot of episodes. It's okay. We're, Anyways, we're both bad at counting. Exactly. Um, a lot of episodes back. I talked about writing my own book before I was 30. And the topic for my book was going to be about the redemptiveness of the human spirit and kind of my personal and professional journey to that. And I was thinking a lot about that recently um, with the idea of you bringing up this book that we're going to write about, Bob. And I've decided intentionally that I'm not going to write that book for myself anymore. Okay. Tell me more. The reason for that is so, a lot of the content I would want to put into that book is very similar Okay. to what I want to put into this book. And I feel like I was shortchanging myself. And what I mean by that is I feel like I, I was trying to think about, okay, what deep down what makes the book I want to write very different from the book I want to write with Bob? And really comparing and contrasting the differences. And the dif differences were pretty minor. And so in my mind, I think I would, if I'm doing both, I would worry too much about what do I include in one and exclude in the other and exclude in one and include in the other. And... I think unconsciously I wouldn't give it my all for either one. Okay. I don't want that to hold me back. So I'm. that's not a definite at this moment. Yep. That's a strong thought I've had that I want to give it time to think about and yep. to reflect on and to see if that's the best course of action. But that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, so you feel like writing two books will like dilute the quality yeah. of, the one, of one book. Absolutely. I mean, can I give my perspective? Please, that's what we're here for. I mean, we're we're still... Infants, pretty much. I'm, I'm 21. You're 23. 23. 23. Yeah. By the time, hopefully, this book comes to fruit. We have no idea. No idea. I mean, probably I'll be 24. You'll be 26. Yep. I think. Um, but then you still have four more years until you're 30. And exactly. that four years can be a lot of information and a lot of change and, and journey for you that you can write a book. I agree. Um, and I mean, I, I feel I, like you're right. It is up in the air. Yeah. Um, but I agree, if, if you want to focus on, on one and give it your all, that, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and I, I like the distinction you made, Bob, because it's not about me giving up on this other idea I had. Yep. It's about, I don't feel like I can do two things at once and give both of them my complete, absolute full effort. Yeah. And so I really want to put in the quality, put in that one-on-one, -on -one and make it happen. I like it. I There's still like a little part of me that is like, oh my god, I can't believe this is... We're talking about it, and this is going to happen. Yep. Because um, three three weeks ago, I didn't think about this at all. Yeah, you caught me by surprise. Yeah. Tell you that much. I caught myself by surprise, too. Um, so it's going to be in the works. We, we still haven't hit the, the, the really hard part of writing the book yet, um, which is actually writing it. <laughs> We've just, we just been planning. But everybody loves to plan, um, but then the hard part is doing. Absolutely. So... Once we hit that point, and as we're documenting this on the podcast, I think it'll be fun, exciting to, to share how we're feeling. I agree. And like any other journey, it's we're working on the upward trajectory. Of course, we're trying to reflect and critically think and 
put in our full effort and make everything as best as it can be. But ultimately, we're going to have some downfalls. We're going to have some huge successes, but we're looking for a very strong upward trajectory. Yeah. No, I'm I'm pumped. I I'm going to put so many quotes and like I guess <laughs> references from other books, um, and just share our story. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that that's the most fun absolutely. Part. It's about, and that's a when you boil it down, that's what a lot of life is. It's about sharing and telling, and listening to our and each other's most meaningful stories. Yeah. That's a great segue to what I wanted to talk about today. Um, Take so, it away, Bob. So what I want to talk about is this idea of storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah. Um, so there's this book by Russell Brunson, Expert Secrets, and he talks about how we have these beliefs that we come into uh, to any sort of situation. Um, these could be negative beliefs. You could, these could be uh, positive beliefs. So, for example... If you're trying to lose weight and somebody's trying to sell you on a coaching program or, or personal training, for example, that person might already have a belief that, oh, every time I try to lose weight, I feel miserable because I give up my favorite foods. Yep. Right? That could be a limiting belief. But a way to break down that limiting belief is through storytelling. Okay, so once you have a story... Um, you can break those beliefs and, and take that story and replace it with that belief. Does that make sense? I think I need an example, Bob. Okay, so um, an example. How about this? So this is a story that, that Russell Brunson talks a lot about. Yep. And I'm just going to give the, the two-minute version. Um, but basically, he was at uh, a marketing meeting, and there were these bunch of people that were selling ketosis Drinks. Okay. And for people who are not familiar with ketosis, uh, it's putting your, your body in a state of ketosis, which means you're burning fat without carbs. Right. So we think about a um, every food is composed of three main sources of fuel, of nutrients. Yep. You've got your carbohydrates, your protein, and your fat. Of course, other people have their alcohol too, but that's yeah. another side tangent. Um so, yeah, so ketosis is the state of burning fat for fuel. Yes. Yes. Uh, and there were all these people promoting this ketosis drink at the meeting. And they were telling stories, or they were telling people, just, just random normal people, oh, ketosis is the best thing to burn fat. You get all this beta hydroxide something something in your body, and it's the greatest thing ever, right? So they were spewing all this negative... Not, I mean, not negative, like a jargon okay. to, to normal people. Yep. And they were scaring them away, right? Gotcha. They were trying to change pumping their your, belief. Pumping your body full of chemicals. Yeah, yeah. They, they were saying that in a jargony term, yep. a jargony, I guess, sentence. I'm trying my best to, like, explain this. Um, but they were scaring the normal, people's away, the normal people away, okay. right? And the normal people already had this belief that um, maybe they had a belief that they can't lose weight because... They don't want to give up carbs, right? Yeah. And the keto people, the ketosis people, were trying to get the point across, but they, they weren't because they weren't telling a story. They were telling, they were just giving straight up facts. Okay. And they were giving, spewing what he calls, what Russell Brunson calls techno babble, which is basically terms that we learn uh, once we're passionate about it, but we never learned about it as a normal person. Okay. Does that make sense? Are you following along? Absolutely. So there, I mean, for physical therapy, 
we have a ton of medical PT jargon yep. that we use. We have way too many abbreviations. We have way too many medical terms so that we can efficiently communicate with other people who understand our language. Yes. That does not translate to 95% of the people, the patients we see walking in our door. Yes. So, so they, they don't understand what you're trying to say. Right, right. And it, yeah. it's our job to translate that and to tell our story differently. Yes. Yes, definitely. So back to that story, the ketosis people, they weren't telling the correct story to break the limiting belief that those people had. That the doors, those normal people they were trying to promote had. Does okay. that make sense so far? Yeah, I'm following you. So in order to break that belief uh, that the normal people had, you need to tell the story of what got you first passionate or what, how you discovered ketosis yourself. Okay. In order to change that belief. So, so the normal person can be like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is the new magic pill to lose weight. Does that make sense? Okay, keep going, Bob. So basically, if the, the ketosis people, if they're like spewing uh, all this, these chemicals, the beta hydroxide uh, things in our blood are burning fat, they're, they're the coolest thing ever, right? But instead, if they talked about how, oh, once I started drinking this drink, I didn't feel, any, I didn't feel hungry, um, and I just had so much energy, and I just started losing weight. That was when I knew that being ketosis is the magic pill for me, right? I, and I'm I don't really I don't really adhere to that ketosis. Right, you're not saying motto. that you support that this form of nutrition is the best. You're telling a story yes. about how telling stories are effective. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Basically. Um, and then once they can translate that to the normal person, then that normal person will have an epiphany, and then they'll become a keto. I guess, nerd or person. Okay, so it telling a story in an appropriate way gives a opportunity to bring people understanding. Yes, to, to break their, their limiting beliefs. Okay, into because it makes it relatable. Yes, it makes them relatable. It gives them a new belief that it is possible. Okay. It, it shows the person that's being sold to or, or being shown this, this new system that it is possible for them. Yeah. Instead of, oh, you can't. You can't do it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, that's like a lot of, for Pete, again, relaying it back to physical therapy for us, a lot of some of the pain science education um, that we're trained in, that we talk to our patients in, about understanding the process of pain throughout their body. Sure, some of it will talk in, you know, a certain part of your brain is active or, like, you have these receptors that communicate here. That's some jargon. But then you back it up with a story. You back it up with how this applies for the patient that's right in front of you and how this is applied for other patients of yours. Yeah. No, I I like I really like storytelling. It's it sounds it sounds awesome. And I could see how how strong it is. Yeah. Like if, if you really have it in your toolbox. So you're so Bob, is your argument that storytelling is one of the secrets to changing belief patterns? Yes. That's it. That's basically the whole 10 minutes feel that I tried to get across um, with my storytelling ability that wasn't the best, but, but yes, you got it. Okay. Storytelling is the way to change that, some sort of behavior. So would you also argue that storytelling for somebody as they express their story, that's not only how to change their belief system, 
but that is a direct reflection of their current belief system too. Huh. Interesting. Yes. That that could be yes. You're right. If you show somebody a new belief system and then they get to reflect their belief system with that new belief system, they can choose which one they want to have. Is that yeah. what you're gonna have? In a way, yeah. So that um so what you were talking about how um when people tell a story of yep. their life, of who they are, that story is more than just words, it's more than just a kind of a timeline of their life. It's how it's the way they view their life. It is directly their belief system. Yeah. About who they are. And what you were saying is when you tell somebody a new story, if they choose to relate to that and accept that and, pot- and potentially integrate that, that's a defining moment in their life. And it's a defining moment no matter how big or small in their life because they're facing a choice of new possibility. Yeah. They're facing a new opportunity for themselves that they can either in any moment, moment accept or reject that new belief for themselves. And, you know, you reject it, you cast it out, sure. But once you accept it, it's not like a one and done kind of thing. I mean, we talk about neuroplasticity, the idea that our brains and nervous system constantly changes and molds and rewires. You know, they have the phrase that nerves that fire together wire together. Mm-hmm. So the more you use something, the more you associate things with each other. So, again, not talking about, I don't want to just talk all this jargon. I want to tell a story for it. Um, again, not, please don't quote me on how many episodes ago. Um, but I talked about my dog and how my dog had passed away this past summer. Well, I so for so many things around my house, I associated that with my dog. And I associated that with happiness and joy of seeing my dog and playing with him, being with him. So for a good number of weeks after um yeah, for a good number of weeks after he passed away, I'd be in my entryway, getting ready to go out the door, tying my shoes, and I would feel like in my mind I would hear his barking or his like his panting tongue almost behind me because I had that association because for so long for those moments the kind of nerves, the neural recognition of where I am in my environment. I'm in my home. I'm in my entryway. I'm bent over. I'm not looking behind me. I'm tying my shoes. Um, I'm getting ready to go out the door. My, It makes sense to me. The constant pattern that has been going on in my mind is my dog is behind me. He's seeing everybody that comes in and out of the house, and I can hear him. So for a while, those neural patterns, because they were enforced so strongly, even though there is obviously no good reason to believe my dog was there. There were moments I wanted to, but I knew my dog was dead. I buried him. And, and I was with him when he passed away. But I could still hear him. And I could still have that association within my mind from that connection of these are things that happen, all the situation, myself in my entryway, at home, tying my shoes. It just makes sense that my dog's there. And I think that we do that as people too when we make those decisive decisions in our lives about how do we adopt a new system of beliefs. Because it's not just a choice of in that moment, in that transition, that very important moment of do I accept this or not, but it's do I continue to accept this. 
Because it's one thing to believe something one day other than doubt yourself the next. But I really believe that every moment in our life is a choice, whether conscious or subconscious, to believe. And you may say, believe in what? Some people look um, to believe in God or not a God. I'm not here to argue theology. But people change the stories that they believe in. And that is incredibly powerful. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That That is good. I, thanks for sharing. That was some great storytelling right there. That was a perfect example of good storytelling. I appreciate um, that, Bob. And it's, you know, I, I caught myself talking in the jargon. Talking in the, well, here's the theory. Here's why it works. Here's what it does. And that's all well and good. But you're going to remember a story. Yeah. Just like in PT school, you know, every class we take, it seems like we have one or two, like, big takeaway stories about a few patients of, yeah. like, here's a very specific detailed patient story of something that happened. It's usually something that happened bad because they're like, shit, man, don't do this. Yeah. You're going to remember the story about this patient out in clinical practice someday. You're going to see something similar and be like, okay, I'm really not messing that one up. Yeah. You're right. Like, I, I don't want to say that I'm not listening. Yeah. Like, if I try to remember, like, what you talked about two minutes ago, mm-hmm. I only remember the story about the dog. Nothing else. Yeah. Um, but you still get the same context. Yes. But I still get the same context. Um, and what was so powerful about your story was that you really gave the details and you really brought well me back to that situation where you were at the drive or at the doorway and you could hear your dog yeah and that was some great detail some great imagery and that's the emotion that comes with good storytelling that's a great point bob the word emotion cuz facts don't bring up emotion yeah you're right facts Facts don't bring up emotion. They don't. Facts are facts. Yeah. So, that, yeah. So, in one of my classes right now, um, in wellness and prevention. Uh, preventing wellness. Preventing wellness. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but everything my professor does uh, or do is just read off the the PowerPoint board, mm. and is just literally giving us facts. And sure, it's it's a little bit late in the day when the class happens. Yep. But I don't think anybody's paying attention. Yeah. Whereas another class, um, the teacher or the professor constantly engages us with stories and Mm -hmm. some sprinkles of facts. Yeah. There's much more engagement in that class. And you can feel that, not just in yourself, but the others around you too. Yes. Describe to me, Bob, what's that environment like? What's that feeling? How How is it different? Besides just what the teacher's doing, how can you see that in, the, in yourself and the other students? Well, first off, nobody's sleeping. Oh, there you go. I'll uh, do it. So, um, That's a big contrast. That is a big con- But I guess, yeah, people are, are, are answering questions. Yep. They're, they're engaged. They're, they're looking up at the professor. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, Your level of arousal. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's paying attention giving their full respect yeah does that make sense it does totally and and that leads us to another point about how people well this is my experience that we're 
extremely irrational creatures. And I'm going to follow up a story. I can believe that. I'm going to follow up a story. But I feel I, like there are like hundreds of stories to go with how irrational humans are. Yeah. Here's an example. So, do you know LV, the brand, Louis Vuitton? Okay, yeah. So, my mom, uh, she went to France. Yep. And she saw this, this beautiful LV shop in this shopping mall. Um, and you, you know how expensive LV things can be, Louis Vuitton things can be. Yeah, that's be. why I don't have any. <laughs> but, like, a belt is $500, a wallet is $300, a purse is $2,000. Um, and a, a regular non-irrational person, non, a, a regular rational person <laughs> wouldn't buy things that expensive. For a, for a small piece of leather, right, right, for 500 bucks, I don't think a rational person would buy it. But since there's so much emotion tied into that yeah, the brand, yeah. yep, the status, the brand, people are buying. And that, my, my mom bought three belts. Yep. And, and she gave uh, it as gifts to, to, her, to her sons. Yep. Um, and, and to her husband. Yep. Um, but that was a, an emotional buy. Right. Right? It wasn't a, I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is $500. Oh, that piece of leather, uh, that seems like high-quality leather. It might be around 50 bucks, but that was an emotional buy. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you're saying that, again, as humans, we're not logical creatures, and that emotion can, that was an example of how emotion can get in our way from logic. Do you think that it can work the other way, that emotion can fuel something within us? No, I, I think that every decision we make is based on some sort of emotional reaction. Okay, tell me Does more. that make sense? So, um, I'm like kind of stealing this idea from Russell Bunsen, but like everything we do is based on status. Okay. So either we do something because of an increase on, of status or a decrease of status. And, and you might be saying that... Interesting. Decrease in status. Yeah, you, you might be saying that no, that that's not true. I, I live a modest house. I live in a modest house. I have I have a Toyota. I don't care about buying a Ferrari. Um, but if you think about it, um, why are you like that? Why do you want to live in that modest house? Why do you want to have that Toyota? Did I say Toyota? Yeah. You said Toyota. Yeah, and that's because you want to maintain a certain status from other people. So if you if you bought a Ferrari. That would elevate your status. And you don't want that. You feel like that would decrease your status if your status elevated. Huh. I know it's a kind of like weird thing. But that is counterintuitive. Like almost like if I bought this Ferrari, that would elevate my status, which might in turn lower my status because people would look down at me for buying that Ferrari. Well, well, the, the person themselves would feel like, yeah, I feel like that would decrease my status myself but other, because be, other people would look me ha as having more status. And you're feeling... and. In the situation, that person who bought the Fiari feels inferior, like they don't deserve that status? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, and they, they don't like it, okay. basically. They, they don't like it. Yeah. They, they feel like, personally, they have a decrease in status because they don't like it. Interesting. Okay. So, I, I guess to, to further elaborate, there's, I guess, so pretty much there's power, money, and relationships. Okay. And they, they all fall into this category of status. Okay, so I think, status is made of power, money, and relationships. Yeah, I, I think. I, okay. I, don't quote me, because that's, this is from a book that I read. Okay, but again, you're, ago, but you're expressing it. This is a, 
whether to the degree you believe it or not, it's a story you believe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is a story I believe. Uh, but tell me your thoughts. What, what, what do you think about that? So you're saying that, just in summary, all of our aspirations are about a revolver on status, whether it's an elevation, a depression, or a maintenance of status. Yes. And status is composed of power, money, and relationships. I think, I, I don't know about those three subgroups, but yes. Okay. But, but the first part, yes. And I guess it's interesting when you think about, I'm not sure I'm convinced on it. I'm also not sure I'm not convinced on it. Okay. Um, interesting. When I think about status and try and dissect that, what I think about is how we are perceived both from ourselves and by others, how we're perceived compared to others. It's totally comparison. Status is all about comparison. Yeah. And... Well, let, let, let me give an example. Yeah. So, for, for love, for example. Okay. Right? You you don't you you date that guy because you feel like if you date him that'll increase your status. Let's you, use let's use a girl example. It'll be more relatable to me. So about you date a girl. You date a girl. Yeah. You date a girl because you feel like when you date her mm-hmm. that'll increase your status, right? You don't date a girl because you feel like if you do date her that'll decrease your status. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I don't know if I'm buying that. That's all that's influenced by. I mean, tr- I mean, sure, there's other things, yeah. but that's what he's saying. That's what I, I believe uh, somewhat, um, and I find it interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll, next time I'll bring the exact quote so I like it. Pe- yeah. people uh, don't get confused and, and I'm not just spewing random things. Sounds good. Um, but yeah. Yes, but going back to storytelling. So last week, yep. for my goal, I wanted to create 10 stories just – as an arsenal. Right. To, to break ready limiting. to go. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I, I created the, the outlines of it. I, okay. I discovered, I figured out um, the false belief patterns and then the story itself. So the false belief pattern and the story associated with that false belief pattern. Yes. When you say false belief pattern, does that, is that synonymous with limiting belief pattern? Yes. Okay. So Good. I'm going to, I did this in the last two hours before this. Okay. Um, I, I wrote all 10. Um, so I'm going to try to do one. Okay. And see how it goes. I like it. So I have a so rough first of draft. all, congratulations for meeting your goal. Yes. You feel like you met it to the quality? Yes. I, yes. Good. I could say that I'm happy of what I did today. Good. I'm happy and I'm proud of what I did. Fantastic. Isn't that the goal for everybody? Yeah. To reflect on the end of the day, say you're happy and proud of what you did. Yep. Um, so I'm going to try and do one. Okay. And and this also segues into my next goal, which is pretty much telling the story live on Facebook. Um, whether for each, I have it for each of them? For each of them. Nice. Um, but let's do one with, oh, I don't have enough time to lose weight. Uh, because uh, in the past, I tried to lose weight, and I was just super busy. And, and sometimes it even took four hours per day for me to cook my meals, uh, shop, and just prepare everything with dishes as well. Okay, so right, time. That, yep, time. That, that's the limiting belief. Yep. Right, and then the new story that I'm trying to bring um, is one of my clients in the past, 
she's a busy mother herself. Um, she works a nine to five job. She has two kids, a husband, and this whole house to take care of, right? Um, she even has this little side hustle on the side, or side hustle, where she sells shirts on the weekend to make extra money for uh, the family. So you you could think that she's pretty busy. She she does all the shoveling, the, the mowing the lawn, all those things. Um, she has a farm where she feeds chickens, uh, helps lay help them helps them lay eggs. Right. She's very busy basically. Um, and when she first started, she was really I guess overweight. She was thirty pounds overweight, thirty or forty pounds overweight, and she was would always stress about what she would eat because she wanted to lose weight but she didn't know um what to eat right so she had this this conundrum she was busy and she didn't know what to eat right so what we what she decided to do was was start to work with me as a training partner okay right and so we met and we talked about everything, she talked. She, she vented to me about how busy she was, how she was driving the kids every morning, how she was cooking lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner for herself, her husband, uh, kids, and that if she was going to go on a weight loss journey, she didn't want to cook separate meals because yep. she felt like that would take a lot of a lot of her time. Um, so we decided to just focus on one thing. Okay. Okay. So we just decided to focus on the one thing that, that shifted her uh, consumption of doing uh, meal prepping for herself and her family from a few hours to a week to just, I guess, 20 minutes a day. So okay. you could say like an hour a day to like 20 minutes a day. Okay. So um, in ratio of time, a big time saver. Yeah. So what we did we, was just adjust one habit. So she could have this time shift. Yep. So that one habit, what we did was we created a list of her favorite foods. And, and favorite foods that were easy to prepare. So she would be able to, to rotate them throughout the week. So she ate her favorite foods. She prepared them well uh, because she knew, she knew what she was eating. And there were also foods that her kids and her, and her husband enjoyed. So as she was, she prepared all those foods. She got those down, um, and that helped her save a lot of time. And in the end, just by that one simple habit shift of having that arsenal of food, where she could switch out. And again, there were also low calories, which which also helped with the weight loss. Um, she was able to lose thirty pounds. Fantastic. And she has been keeping it off because of that one habit that she instilled. So you were so, not only able to help her with the weight, but you were, and that wasn't even your initial focus. Your initial focus was, we want to work on your goal, weight loss, yep. and I want to find out what's keeping you from that, and I'm going to find kind of that low-hanging fruit, the thing that's easiest to grab for how can I give you more of what you need. Yeah. And that was time. Yep. Um... Since you reflected that back to me, I, I feel like I got the point across. Um, but as I was telling it, I feel like that was a very shaky, incongruent, and I could have told it a lot better. And okay. again, this is my first time telling it. Right. Um, and, and that's a skill I feel like I need to work on. 
I feel like most people need to work on, I'll be honest with you. I know I need to work on. Well, that, you, you, you did tell a good story. That was very congruent. That was very, that brought me to the scene. Um, but like, for example, um, this was, this was kind of an embarrassing moment, like three days ago that happened. So I I was in class and, um, my professor asked if I was okay with telling my story about a patient that I treated, um, with, with low back pain. Fantastic. And And this was for your spine course? Yes, this was for my spine course. And, and I was going to tell, I was nervous. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm in reality, in person, I'm, I'm a very like introverted person. Um, and, but despite that, you're still getting up, talking to people and making the effort for, through all these things and the growth you've done throughout these podcasts. Yeah. You could say that. Um, but this, this was the first time I was telling a story in front of like 80 something people. Yeah. Right. And as you can just tell from, from my storytelling ability from the last five minutes, it's not the greatest. Um, so basically, I told the story, and it was the most shakiest and full of ums and likes story you could ever imagine in front of 80 people. And and she, um, and like, like, got better, like, um. Yeah, that's, that's basically, <laughs> that's basically what I said for two minutes. Um, so it, it was very uncomfortable, it was very weird. Um, but I think I got my point across. Yep. Which is, I guess, the start. Okay. All right. I'm trying to look at it from an optimal light. Right, exactly. Uh, 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 what did I do that was beneficial, and where is the next easiest place to improve? Yeah. Because I think it can be daunting sometimes to think about, okay, I did a kind of crappy job, and thinking about where I can improve. I can improve 10,000 different places. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Find the easiest one. Yeah. It's not about how do I make this masterpiece, this, you know, this thing into a beautiful, incredible sculpture and get all the details in there. Yep. What's the easiest place you can start and find that? Yeah. And, and another point to add on to that, uh, repetition is super important with yeah. storytelling. So if you could get like a flow of, of telling stories often, then you, you can do it well or, or better. Like anything, you practice it more, you do better. Yeah. Um, but basically, if anybody's curious about what the actual story was, was that I had this, this back patient um, in, basically, we, we had a clinic in our school. And this guy walks in with back pain uh, for the past year after a car crash. Yep. And he had leg pain for four years in the front of his leg for the past, did I say four years already? So you said for one year. Yes. After the car crash. So in, in his back, he had uh, pain for a year. Yep. In his leg, he had pain for four years. The car crash was a year ago? Yes. Okay. And it was all like dull, achy pain. And and that was the first time I was treating a patient by myself. Yep. That was a, a back hurt patient. Yep. And I was doing the initial eval. Uh, we did some cool stuff. And he started with uh, that pain as four out of ten pain in both his leg and his back. Yep. He did some cool stuff, and by the end of the session, after 45 minutes, yep. he left with zero out of 10 pain. Fantastic. So that was a magical moment, and that was right, such... So it's like any good PT intervention treatment session. You test, you treat, and you retest. Yeah, definitely. That was a big part of it. Um, 
But that story that I just told right there was a, a trillion times more congruent than what I talked about <laughs> in class. Um, so I guess it goes to show that the second time is better than the first time, and the third time is better than the, the second time, and the fourth time is better than the third time. There right? You so you always improve, you always practice, and you always get better. Absolutely. And then, then you might be thinking that, oh, will I just always be keep, will I always keep on improving? Will I ever become a master? What are your thoughts about that? I think the road to mastery is a good road to be on. Okay. I don't know that the road has a moment where the earth becomes flat and you fall off and the road ends. 100%. This, that's what's called, uh, this was also, I guess, told for me by one of my mentors. Yep. That's called an asymptote. Oh, yep. Yep. yep, so you know how in math class there's that asymptote where the line never reaches the axis? Right, it gets closer and cl- infinitely and infinitely closer to infinity. Yes, but it never touches the axis. It right. never reaches zero. Yep. Or never reaches one, wherever, wherever the target you're trying to go. Yep. And that, that's practice, that's mastery, that's getting better every day, but never reaching And another reaching thing perfection. to that too is that the margin of gain, the closer you get, the more effort it takes in to get that margin of gain. Yeah, and and a great example, like my mentor that, that I just talked about, or our mentor, um, so last week there was the opening of this class f- for PT, PT, PT students, PTs, and it's called Virtual Ice, and it's just basically a weekly, I guess, mentoring where they go over articles and, and they teach a lesson, and I, I was talking to, to my mentor about it, and he was like, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm in that. I was like, what? Isn't that for, like, students? Isn't that for, like, new grads that just graduated and just started working? And I was like, yeah, I'm still in it. I'm still learning. And that goes to show that yeah. after, I think he has, like, 20 years, 20-something years of experience, maybe 18 years of experience. I don't know. But he's still learning. He, Absolutely. He's still on this asymptote to mastery. And there's there's always room for improvement, for refreshment. And even if it's something where... You know, initially you might think I'm not learning a new skill, I'm not learning a technique. It's not like this brand new innovative thing. It can just be a different perspective on how to work with the patient. Yeah. And just gain that perspective to that story. Having a new story to tell and to synthesize with your story is a great opportunity. Yeah. I I don't know... I know, like, a few episodes ago, I, I said that I want to incorporate more stories into these podcasts. Yep. I don't know about if the first few episodes were us just hammering things without telling stories. I, I'm sure there were some stories, yep. but I, I don't remember, Less honestly. intentional. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, to tell as many stories as possible, as, as this is my repetition, I guess, to... I love it. ...to, to mastery. Um, and although... It's it's super uncomfortable because this is getting recorded, uh, and sure, or it's just me and you sitting in a in a big room in the dark by ourselves. Um, but it's still practice, you know. Absolutely, you make it sound all weird in the dark by ourselves. <laughs> Anyways, but, um, yeah, but but next time that I'm with eighty four people and I'm telling a story, I'm gonna be better. A little bit more confident. Yep, a little bit more confident. A little bit, a little more, bit more, more fluent. Um, and that's the goal. Good. So, Bob, speaking of telling stories, and for the sake of time here on the podcast, 
let's get talking about the story of this book we're going to write. Okay. And let's start sharing that. So I'm pulling up here on what we worked on together. So, Bob, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what we did when we met? Yeah. So when we met, uh, I don't know, two days ago, we created the chapter titles and what we thought were going to be in the chat uh, chapters. Yep. So basically, in this book, there's also going to be three sections. Yep. With uh, different chapters in each section. So, so the three sections are um, manifest mindset, the health habits, which is also a tentative name. We're also going to find a cooler name for this, yep. and the wounded healer. Fantastic. Okay. Three sections, and I think for now, so what we did is we kind of outlined. Um, the chapters within those that we're going to talk about, as well as a baseline of um, topics within those chapters. I think for tonight, we should just share the sections and the name of the chapters. Sure. And we'll expand upon that even more later. So we fleshed out some ideas, but I think they've got some more refining to do. Okay. But I think we just talk about this real quick and see from there. Yeah. All right, so section one, Manifest Mindset. Chapter one, Bob Chang, what do we got? We got the why. It'll just be a page with three letters on it, why. Or more than three letters, then, then chapter one, then, then the text. But, yep. but the chapter name would be three letters, why. There might be a question mark. There might be a few dot, dot, dots. Yes. But um, we'll see from there. Chapter two is Know Thyself. Focusing around self-knowledge and self-understanding. And then chapter three, fail early, fail often. And just like today, I failed super poorly. I failed on my, I guess I fell, I fell on my face when I was telling the story to like 80 people and like I was just stuttering everywhere. Um, just to clarify for those people who do know PT, you didn't have a stroke or anything while you no, were doing that. Okay, no. good. <laughs> no, it was a... Uh, it was a weird situation yep. where I was uncomfortable. But, but that, that's failing, right? Fail early, fail often. And again, that's the point, Bob. Fail early. Don't, you might still be afraid for those opportunities, but still go after them so that you get those learning experiences and you get the repetition through the learning experiences. Yeah. That's the first three chapters we have in Section 1. Uh, we don't know if we're adding more chapters or not, but that's right now that's, that's where we are at. Exactly. Um, the second section is Health Habits. This is where we really focus on um, kind of our physical therapy, personal training, and nutritionist, and uh, some of our ideas behind those areas. Yeah, so chapter one will probably be uh, why are habits important and uh, how to change habits. Um, and then chapter two would be the actual habits of, I guess, a healthy lifestyle. So with food, with movement, and... Um, with sleep, and, and a lot more with that. Absolutely. And that's, it's all about how do you change your relationship with yourself and with your environment through those habits. Yep. And then uh, chap section three is the wounded healer. The wounded healer. And so that's talking a lot about our journey and how both Bob and I have come to be who we are, what we continue to strive for, and the wounded healer being about the idea of we are all hurt in some way. We've all had a deep struggle. And through that deep struggle, there's an opportunity for growth. 
and through that opportunity for growth, we can learn a lot more about ourselves, about other people, and help others out in that area of one's weakness that has now had the potential to become our greatest strength. Yeah, that's that's our three sections with all the chapters. Um, we did put some some topics under each chapter, but we're probably not going to share it this episode as we're trying to flesh it out some more. We'll get to the next episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a work in progress. We're documenting the, the journey of this to-be book. Uh, and it's fun. It's fun. I mean, that that's the whole reason I, that I'm doing it. I don't know about you, Nick. Absolutely. I'm in it for a challenge. I'm in it for the growth. I'm in it for the self-reflection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same. Me too. Me too. Um, I don't know where we are in time. We should probably start wrapping this up, but let's start thinking about... So we've been talking about telling stories a lot this week. Yes. And you alluded to what you'd like to do for yourself for next week. Yes. So I wrote 10 stories. Um, Basically, from now to next time we meet, I just want to tell a story every day on Facebook Live. How about this? To do a little push, a little challenge for yourself. Yep. You have 10. There are seven days between next time. How about between next now and next time we meet, you tell all those stories at least once? Yeah, I like it. Seem doable? Yeah. Um, I don't want to do like 10 on Wednesday. I don't want you to either. I don't think anybody wants you to. I don't think they want to hear you like by the time you've told like, all right, story number nine. Oh, I'm getting battle fatigue right now. <laughs> no, I actually want to start, I guess, tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow, I'll do two, and then each day, I'll try to do two. Nice. So, does that the math add up? Six, no, it doesn't, six but times. we're not good at counting anyway. So. It's, it's all right. So I, I'm probably I'm going to do one tomorrow, starting tomorrow, one before 8 p.m. Fantastic. At, at least one before 8 p.m., um, and I'll try to finish all 10. Great. And, oh, I know. I'll do two per day, and... On the days that I only have one, I'll just repeat a story from the past so I could practice it one more time. Repetition That's never it. hurts. So your your goal for next week yep. is between so starting tomorrow until when we meet is two per day. Yes. Fantastic. That, that's exciting. Oh uh, I like it. I'm gonna mess up so many times, but I'm gonna do my best. Love so it. so what do you want to do for the book? What is the great question? Um I think let's talk about kind of flushing these ideas out even a little bit more. Um, really getting a good grasp on brainstorming the details of the content Okay. that we want. Um, I know that's not really necessarily definable. How about this? Um, so let's just focus our efforts on first one section okay. of the book. Because so, there's three sections and we still have two years to go. Right. Um, I like that. So, so I feel like if we do this slow, but we give it our all, yep. and we do it slow and steady, uh, it'll be less taxing on us, so we don't get like burnout okay. with the book, and that we can put our entire efforts into it at once. I like it. So, there's no better place to start than why. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll start with that. I guess we can get that. I don't want to say outline. Do you want to... S- Outline, outline of the of the section of the chapter of of why itself. Okay, the outline of why. Yes, I like that. Let's get a fundamental outline of the section why by next time. Yeah, I feel like that's a very doable thing. I agree. Yeah, I'm like ten out of ten confident. There you go. 
All right, let, so we'll meet offline and then we'll talk about it uh, for like an hour, half an hour to an hour. And then it'll be in fruits. And then we'll be back here next week with me telling those 12 stories. Fantastic. So, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you t- for taking the time for us. Be careful, be critical, be intentional about not only the stories that you hear, that you listen to, that you choose to believe, but the stories that you tell yourself consistently and constantly. Be very, very mindful about the story you tell yourself. And remember, if in life you're getting a crappy answer, stop asking the crappy questions. Huh. That that really reminded me of a quote. I don't know who said it, but the quote is, who would you be without the stories you tell yourself? I like it. Who would you be, Nick? That, that's a... I'm putting you on the hot seat. Who would you be? Put me on the hot seat. Who would I be without the stories I tell myself? So I guess that that could be like the negative, the negative stories. The negative stories, okay. Yeah. Because, oh man, there are tons of stories. I mean, I think, like you said, our stories define our beliefs, and our stories are... Our stories comprise us of who we are. Because at the end of the day, what makes us unique is really how we compile our beliefs because our beliefs define our actions. Yep. So what more is there than what we believe in? You're right. The the whole reason why we're humans and we're we're building spaceships is cuz we have thoughts and belief. Absolutely. And we need to we need to use those to our advantage. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if that answered the question. So that, that didn't answer the question. Um, so when, when you asked me the question, you're talking about if I got all my doubts, all my feels, fears, all my insecurities out of the way. Yes. All my limiting thought patterns out of the way, who would I be? Yes. Who do you, who do you become? Who would you be? Yes. If I got rid of my limiting beliefs. This is a deep question, so I'm, I'm really putting you on the hot seat right Thank now. Thank you. And I think in life... For myself, and I would argue for others, we need to be on the hot seat more often. Yeah. A, a hot seat where we can feel safe and okay to fail, but still be put on the spot. Yep. For me, if I got rid of all my limiting beliefs, I would be disciplined. I would be passionate. And I would be courageous. I would attack life with an intensity, with a vitality. I would take my goals for whatever area of my life to make my relationships better, to make my development for who I am better, to make my mentality better. And I would chase after them like nothing else mattered. Because nothing else really does matter. When you have a vision for the way you want to live your life without excuses, without expectation. When you have that, nothing else matters. Everything else will fall into place for the dream and the vision that you set yourself. And that's why I still have a lot of room to grow, but I keep daring myself to dream that vision ever so more detailed. Hmm. Chase after it. So so basically... 
being having a PhD. So pig-headed determination. <laughs> Never heard that one before. This is from like Chet Holmes. Um, just to get I don't, I don't know about the pig-headed part. Um, yeah, I, but I was like, born in the year of the pig. Oh, interesting. But like having strict discipline to aim for a big goal and to have the permission to have that goal that you're aiming for to be expanded. Yes. Is that basically and, what you said? And and this isn't a discipline where you're burying your head in the ground and plowing through and being miserable and grumpy the whole time. Well, man, I'm I'm loving life and li- and enjoying yes. the ride. Yes. I mean, but th- there's also the, the side of the coin where people do enjoy that. Right. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just putting that out there, but and the difference between enjoying that and not enjoying that often comes down to the story you tell yourself. Oh my goodness, this is the greatest tie into the, the topic of the day. Wow, this is great. It's true. When you, when you are in any moment, when you're in a tough situation, when I'm in a tough situation, where I'm at a point where I don't know what the next step is, my, what I do for my next step is incredibly greatly affected by the story I tell myself of who I am and who I am in that situation. Okay, Interesting. I like it. That is great. Bob, any final thoughts for us? Do you mind if I, I tell you who would I be? Please do. I'm just going to tell a quick story. Okay. So, um, and this goes back into the idea of practicing yep. storytelling. Um, so, if I didn't have the, the doubts and, and things like that, I would just be constantly putting out more content and just, I guess, working more. Okay. Right. So one of the biggest limiting belief, one of the biggest beliefs that I tell myself, or one of the biggest stories that I tell myself, is that, oh, you got six hours and fifty nine minutes of sleep, Bob. You should go take a nap. Because like I missed the seven hour mark. Gotcha. Right. Right. Because it's automatically that cutoff. It's automatically that black and white. Yes. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you got if you got seven hours and one minute, oh, you'd be golden. You'd be smooth sailing. You'd be ten thousand times better. <laughs> yeah. That's. That's, that, that's what I wanted to end with. Um, but l- let's end on a little bit of a high note. Okay. Um, but uh, in some respects, I am doing it, but to a lesser scale. But I know what I'm doing now is, is where I want to go. And even if I do have some stories that, that are holding me back, um, I am still going in the right direction. And that's where we all want to go, right? In the right direction. In the right direction. Uh, one step at a time. And it's a wonderful, incredibly rich and fulfilling, rewarding journey that we're on in a road that we travel down. And this, this is an encouragement I tell myself. It's an encouragement I'm telling you, Bob, and to everybody who's listening. Don't settle for what you think you're not worthy of. But take the time to stop and enjoy it. Take the time to enjoy the path that you're on. Yes, be fixated on the destination. Yes, strive for greatness. But part of the joy, and for me, almost all the joy is being on that path. Huh. Yes. Thanks for the reminder, Nick. Thanks for the reminder. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for listening. I don't know how long this episode was, but thank you listening. Thank you for listening to Manifest Mindset. I'll see you next time.